This is a snippet of my introduction to Nginx uh, Udemy course, uh, discussing in detail the internal architecture of Nginx. So in this lecture, I talk about uh, how Nginx, how many processes does Nginx uh, uh, spin up, how these processes accept connections, how they are competing for precious CPU cores, and many, many other things. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, if you want to check out the course, head to nginx.hosseinnasser.com. This will redirect to uh, Udemy with the latest uh, uh, discount coupon. It supports the show. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on on the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What's going on, guys? In this lecture, I want to go through the internal architecture of Nginx. So this uh, lecture is going to be slightly different. We're going to go deep into Nginx, how the worker processes are spun up, how the connection management is done, and uh, uh, stuff like that. Exactly understanding how Nginx deal with these large number of connections uh, based on the number of CPU cores that you have on your server. Uh, Excuse my voice, I have a little bit of a sore throat, uh, fighting it. But uh, let's get into it. So uh, this is not entirely, uh, I try to simplify this, uh, the architecture. The Nginx architecture starts with something called the master process. When you spin up Nginx, it starts a process that corresponds to the rest of all the processes of Nginx. Right. Yeah. There are two things that I didn't mention here related to the cache management of Nginx. So when you spin up Nginx, it spins up a process or two processes to manage the cache. That means reading the cache from disk and uh, also refreshing these caches. But this is, I thought this is not really what uh, what is more important. What is the most important thing is actually what we call the worker processes or the child processes. So this is these are the processes that actually do more most of the work, you know? And when you set Nginx to auto mode, which is the default, right? What will happen is uh, n number of processes, worker processes will be spun up based on how many hardware threads do you have, you know? And uh, this is the hardware speaking, basically. When you have like uh, a processor, it has multiple cores. Let's say you have four cores on your CPU. Right? 
And usually at the hardware level, Intel, AMD, or Apple, sometimes does time slicing where even the core itself they split it into something called the hardware threads where they present the cpu to the process to the application to the operating system as actual multiple uh, cores so each core becomes two hardware threads right because they they can do at that level they will simulate almost uh, in this particular case eight cores right so that's why in if you have four cores you're gonna have eight worker processes if you have uh, uh, eight physical cores you're gonna have uh what 16 and so on right but for simplicity let's ha let's say you have uh, four hardware threads so that's what two cores or sometimes even uh, it doesn't have to be like this this duality right one cpu core can have one hardware thread if you disabled what is it called hyper threading i believe if you disable hardware threading you can have one to one right and this is a choice you make based on performance and stuff like that so we have now four worker processes and the kernel sits right behind all of this stuff you know so if i have a client this is presented by this laptop want to connect to nginx let's say on port 80 that's where nginx is listening i'm hiding so many complexity behind this stuff here but what's happening is when the client establishes a tcp connection which is the sensenac ac the sin request will go through the kernel and the kernel will put it in something called the sin queue and uh, and that is kind of managed by the kernel but it was allocated by nginx when it says hey kernel i'm listening on port 80 please anything that comes on port 80 please send it to me and when that happens the kernel will reply back with the uh, SYNAC, basically, to complete the TCP handshake. And then the client will reply back by an ACK, completing the three-way handshake. And when that happens, the kernel will move that fully-fledged connection to something called the accept queue. And again, I'm not showing any of that stuff, just... To simplify the picture here right and the, in that queue so, so there are two queues the send queue and the accept queue and when that connection queue the accept queue happens right and again it's in the kernel the nginx is responsible to get the connection from the accept queue it says hey i want this connection back and this is where you need basically uh you know hours and hours to discuss this stuff you know how does nginx how does the process picks up a connection from this connection queue is an art by itself there are so many methods there are so many discussions there are so many papers written about this particular problem right how do i accept as uh, connections as fast as possible you know so many uh stuff uh, here uh, and i think it's like a little bit out of, out of the scope of this you know introductory course I might uh, create another course to discuss this in detail if you want. So um, what happened here, eventually, one of the worker processes will pick up this connection and that w connection will live in the worker process itself, you know, as a pointer, if you will. It's a, it's a file descriptor. We call it an integer value pointed to that connection. And the worker now is responsible to read data from this connection again how this connection 
is picked up by what worker process is is a completely different story there is load balancing involved at the kernel level right there are sometimes all the worker processes listen on the same port and 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 the kernel actually distribute the connection between uh, uh between other worker processes sometimes the the worker processes actually uh, the, the master worker processes is what is delivered the connection and it will distribute the connection based on that but regardless we have a worker picked up a connection now it's ready to read stuff right and it's actually consumed the request so when you send a request you consume it you understand it's a request whether layer 7 or layer 4 we talked about all that stuff right and then we'll take that stuff and then it will decide what to do what can it do when a request actually sent and now we have clients sending right so we have the client that's established a connection to worker 4 this client established a connection to worker 3 and it started sending a request right the actual http request for example that request will go through the kernel obviously it will go through the tcp connection that we talked about all of this data will live in that uh, queue right in, in a specific buffer and, and i talk about all of that and if you're interested to know more check out my networking course i talk about details like these buffers and the window sizes and all that nitty-gritty detail about tcp the worker process will read this request because it has to actively read it it's not a push model the kernel never pushes stuff to to the process it's not like hey i have data here you are no it's a pull model if you will yeah and this is again there is eventing involved there is asynchronous io involved there is this new thing that's called iou ring which which effectively uh, create a completeness let, let the kernel does the reading and it will uh, notify the worker process hey i have i have data for you and listen that i said i have data for you i never said you i have a request for you right there's a big big difference between a request and just a stream of bytes you gotta understand that that's where layer seven and layer four comes into the picture and here we're talking about layer seven right we need to terminate the data if there is tls there isn't in this case right we're gonna terminate it and decrypt it understand it and then take that data understand that this is the start of the request this is the end of the request because when you look at layer four the stream of data is just a stream of bytes just garbage the application nginx in this case needs to read 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 oh there's a start of request that is the end of the request it needs to understand how to parse http headers and this differs from http 1.1 versus http 2 versus http 3 right http 3 is a completely different protocol it's a quick but the cost of this parsing it lives right here so that's cpu right so each worker process is pinned to a cpu and we never talk about why why we have one worker per cpu because we really need that worker process to live in a c in a core and never leaves it as fast as possible never leave that cpu core why because there's something called context switches and if you how does i know i'm gonna go over the playlist but this is all related you know if this worker tried to parse this request to understand how it actually uh, how it needs to respond to it it needs to parse it this parsing before that it needs to actually decrypt it and this is where cryptography 
comes into the picture. So it needs to use whatever symmetric key encryption it used to decrypt that content and then parse that, uh, find where the request actually is. All of this requires CPU, right? And when you, you do this operation, the sets of instructions that you have, this parsing logic, is a, basically it's just a set of instructions, and it lives in the CPU core. And the, the CPU will just picks one instruction at a time and, and, it, and keeps uh, you know, executing it. If you have a lot of processes and a lot of threads, then the CPU might kick you out, you know, put you somewhere else in back in memory, and then put some other process to execute its thread. That is called context switching. You switch the CPU off to do something else and you are put on hold as a process. That is expensive. And it's not really expensive if, you, if you're doing it one or twice or three or 10 or 100 times. But if you're doing it millions and millions of times, especially if you have a lot of threads and you're, they're competing for these cores, then becomes a problem, right? That's why we have one-to-one -one mapping here so that uh, the, as long as you don't have anything else but Nginx running on your machine, right? That's the goal here. We have to have one process, you know, pinned, right? With that said, now that we know this stuff, we have a request. Worker 3 got a request, right? Worker 4 got a request. It has options. What can it do? Well, some request might be to the web server, aspects of nginx hey go and read the content from disk and that is that particular request is an io bound we call it io bound right technically the request parsing itself and decryption was cpu bound but it's not as much you know unless you have many many requests coming in from that connection then you start feeling it but there is certain logic in this case is io bound i mean hey i'm sending the request to the disk to read this uh file this html page the css file and then i'm going to respond back to the user during that reading i spend i don't know 10 milliseconds i'm waiting i'm not doing anything because nginx does always eventing it, it has an event right where it will send the io request and will just sit down and do the see the process can do some something else right and this technically goes through the kernel as well you know i just didn't draw it because the io is a kernel call, right? Alternatively, you can query something from a backend, right? Where, hey, go and, uh, I don't know, you're just doing a microservices, right? Where uh, this is a reverse proxy in this particular case, where this is terminating the thing, go and make the request on the actual backend. That's also an IO request, right? It's just that over the network instead of going to disk. And you get back the response, and then you write back the response and the writing of the response is also you know the cost of writing to the socket right and the cost of re-encrypting right the content again this particular case is not there is no encryption but most cases you will encrypt right because tls will be enabled right and the cost of building the http response all of the cpu intensive stuff and then encrypting it and then sending it back to the client so that's basically how Nginx worked behind the scenes. And now uh, you can just multiply that by many, many other users, right? Many users connect. They will be load balanced ac across these four workers in this particular case. So you can have thousands and thousands of connection per worker. So one worker might have, 
I don't know, 120, 200, 300 connections. So it will just flip between connections and to do multiple work. Yeah. So like, oh, someone just sent me a request here. Let me parse it. Someone just sent me a request here. Let me parse it. So you can see that the Nginx is doing so much work, you know, to actually parse these requests. So CPU, you know, finding out the limit here to your CPU and finding out how many processes do you need to spin up, you know, and how what other stuff is running on your Nginx is really critical. Hope you enjoyed this lecture. Gotta see you in the next one. Enjoy the course.